Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. Um, the chief just notified us that she is stuck in a meeting, and so she will move to the back half of this hour, which is fine because we had that open. So we'll just uh, accommodate that request for sure. And um, we'll talk about some other things. 504-260-1870. We'll start out with, you know, been following uh, the situation in Israel with um, Gaza, Hamas, and others. The president the other day said that that Benjamin Netanyahu's losing, the Israelis are losing the confidence of world leaders uh, around the world because of the approaches that they're taking in trying to eradicate uh, the members of Hamas. What strikes me as odd is that the president simply going out there and saying that is that he's furthering and contributing to this belief that there are choices to be made that are better than the ones that are being made by the Israelis thus far as to the eradication of Hamas. And it seems as though because there's more pressure here at home, the president recognizes that he's consuming too much political capital. And as such, he's going to have a very difficult time winning in an election. I'm not saying that I necessarily believe that, but it's that belief. In fact, seven most recent polls indicate that Donald Trump beats Joe Biden in a lot of the swing states, and that is caused causing Democrats angst and anxiety over this issue, coupled with the fact of the Hunter Biden indictment, which is should have happened, should have happened a long time ago. Uh, that case is so easily prosecutable, it's crazy. It's so apparent, it's crazy. And the only reason it's taken as long as it is it, it has is because you're asking for Democratic leadership in these organizations to indict a Democrat. And worse yet, the president's son. So the boss's son is in trouble, and we're trying to tiptoe through the tulips as to try to figure out how to get out from under this thing. And all of this is a confluence of issues that are coming to the forefront that is very difficult for them to deal with. So let's get back to the threshold question. What is one to do? They're hiding in tunnels. They're using human shields, kids, women, men. 
they're storing arms, they're storing equipment, they're storing communication devices in medical facilities, schools, um, in um, places of worship, and, and things of that nature. And then the only way that they can eradicate that is to go in and bomb those facilities. They're warning the Palestinians to move on. Knock bombs being used that drop on the roof. They don't explode. But it's an indication to tell you they're getting ready to bomb that facility. Get out of get out of there. They're developing more and more intelligence now that they have boots on the ground as to where a lot of these arms are being stored. A number of the Hamas terrorists are turning themselves in, surrendering. They're debriefing these individuals that are giving them information about where to find who, where, what, why, and how. So that it's at a critical point in time right now to bring about the complete and total annihilation of Hamas, which is what needs to be done. And then we can figure out everything else later. But the interesting thing is, is that the Arab leaders in the Middle East are doing little to nothing for the safety and security of the Palestinians. Their big worry is that they don't want any Palestinians coming into their country. Ironic, isn't it? The ones who are are protesting like crazy in the U.N. are not willing to open their borders to any of these people. How do you square that up? That's pretty telling, one would think. It's evidence of what? They understand the problem in dealing with this population. They understand the issues and the downstream implications. And have any of the Arab countries come together to try and figure out whether or not they're willing to give up some land in order to create a place for the Palestinians to have their own state? Of course not. No one else wants to compromise. The only country that has to compromise is Israel. They're the ones that have to compromise because, in their eyes, they're public enemy number one. The flooding of tunnels has become a big issue, right? And I think it's a masterful approach to try and move those that are hiding there because the goal for the Israelis, and I know no one really cares about this, but the goal for the Israelis is to minimize death and injury to the armed forces of the IDF. Totally legitimate goal. Totally legitimate consideration in developing a military strategy as to how to bring about success sooner rather than later. What's interesting to me is that these political leaders, and we all know that the U.S., if they were facing the same scenario, they would have pumped water in these tunnels 10 days ago, 15 days ago. They wouldn't be waiting because their approach is going to be exactly the same. Minimization of risk to the men and women in uniform. The days of having accepted casualty rates are not as broad as they used to be. Military leaders are not making decisions where they've decided uh, pre-attack that they're going to lose 50, 60, 70,000 military folks. It's not happening. 
So it's it, it's so hypocritical of our own leaders to be uh, attacking these tactics, knowing full well that would be the recommendations from their own military. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'm sure that that's the course of action that they would take. So what are the Israelis to do? How do you go about this eradication there when you're when the dialogue and the rhetoric is that the Palestinians are truly innocent and they shouldn't be caught up there? What's well, interesting when you look at a recent poll, a recent poll reveals that 10% of Palestinians living in Gaza and the West Bank believe that Hamas committed war crimes on October 7th when it invaded Israel and attacked the border communities. Only 10% believe that they did that. By comparison, 95% of Palestinian respondents polled in late November to early December agreed that Israel had perpetrated such atrocities with 85% saying they had not seen any footage from international news outlets of Hamas atrocities. Only 1% of West Bank residents believe the Palestinian terror group massacred civilians. The study was led by Khalil Shikaki of the Palestinian Center for Policy and Survey Research found that an overwhelming majority of more than 1,200 Palestinians polled, 82% of West Bankers, 57% of Gazans supported the October 7th offensive given its outcome so far. Think about that. In light of everything that's happened to those in Gaza, right, 57% are basically saying, we'd do it again on October 7th. We supported it then. We supported it now. Everyone else is painting a picture as though the plight that they're suffering is something that they have cannot deal with, they find it obnoxious and everything else, but the polls are are revealing otherwise. They would do it again. They wouldn't change a thing. 57%. 82% of West Bankers, of course, they hadn't had to deal with the offensive by the IDF in in, uh, Gaza. 82% of West Bankers saying, hell yeah, we'd do it again. So how is one to deal with this mindset? The vast majority don't believe that Hamas did anything on October 7th to Israelis or Jews. They don't believe it. Only 10% believe they did something. They claim they're not seeing anything. Really? I said early on, the best approach that the IDF and the... um, Israeli government could take is to take as many of those videos of the body-worn cameras on the terrorists that Hamas sent into the kibbutzes and other areas along the border towns of Gaza 
and put it out publicly every single solitary day for the entire world to see. Because that's the only way you beat this back. Where it is out there so prevalent that no one else can make a legitimate claim like th- a claim like this and, and claim it to be legitimate. The only way. And it, and I've talked to people that have actually seen the video. And they and they're like, if this doesn't convince you, nothing else will. So what what is one to do here? And the irony is, is some of our own leaders who have seen the video and have seen the results of these polls are continuing to say that what they're doing is putting them at odds with the rest of the world and that it needs to change. Would Joe Biden and and the rest of his circle of advisors ought to be doing is showing everybody else around the world a video, showing everyone else around the world world the spoken word of the leaders of Hamas and what they're trying to accomplish and show them the spoken word and the results of these surveys of Palestinians that don't believe that Hamas did any of this. And then the irony is those that you that they ask, well you know, the Israeli response to October 7th was X. Would you do it? Basically, would you do it again? They support it by a majority. And then we want to criticize the Israelis for flooding tunnels. You cannot connect these dots. These, these, what's going on is not a moral equivalency. Not only that, you add to the to the prisoners that have been tortured and killed. And to this day, there's been an unwillingness by Hamas to still engage in a proof-of-life exercise. Why? We all know why. And I love those folks on the media on the left that believe every number that Hamas reveals. Hamas has lied about killing people that we know, you know, that they did and, and what they say is not true. But for some reason, when it, when it comes to announcing numbers of Palestinians that have been killed in Gaza, there's a full faith and credit and belief in every number that they say. And the folks that are quoting these numbers, we should look at them in a circumspect way. Because all of a sudden, there's credibility being perpetuated by Hamas as it relates to these numbers. These people are masters of misdirection, masters of propaganda. But our media people ask us to embrace what Hamas is saying. I wish at some point in time these folks would take a deep breath, pause, 
and think about what they're asking us to accept, what they're putting out there. Because if you digest it for a while and you begin to try to connect these dots, you're going to say, you can't do it. You can't accept it. It's not worthy of belief. Because they have and will continue to have zero credibility whether you try to impose that on them or not. And that should be the starting point. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, folks. And uh, NOPD Chief Ann Kirkpatrick joins us. Chief, welcome to the show. Hey, Sheriff. Thanks for having me. Uh, Chief, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. We know you're very busy. Chief, I'm just going to start off on a light end here. You've been here for several months now. Um, Got to imagine you're acclimating to the city. What are you finding? What are you enjoying? Oh, my gosh. I'm enjoying every single part of every, my whole experience. <laughs> I, I love the city. city's been very welcoming, and the police department is just fabulous. And they, too, have been also very welcoming to me. So overall, I'm just, you know, I'm just very, very pleased that I have been given this opportunity. And you speak with a voice of experience because you've been through this process before, and maybe not to upset the other places you've been. I mean, where do we rank? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, this is the end of my career. And the way I look at this is that I'm being given the opportunity to be uh, in probably one of the most sought after, most uh, from the chief's perspective, 
to get to be New Orleans is just the highlight for me now, and then that I, I loved every single one of my other agencies. But it's like having more than one child; you can always love right. more than one child. And so, uh, <laughs> but to have this, uh, to get to be here, you know, is a crown to a forty-year career. Well, Chief, I, I could say that was very well done. <laughs> <laughs> You must have more than one child. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. you understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Chief, um, you know, human capital matters. You reported the other day to the council some some uh, encouraging news about uh, recruitment and, and retention as well. Tell us about it. Well, I will say that as I have tried to share around the city and in every venue like yourself, the top three goals I have with the department. So crime, obviously, was the top. And then we talked about moving into the sustainability period for the consent decree. And the third one is this recruiting and retention. So first of all, let's talk about retention. Uh, we have reduced the retention rate. When we're talking about the number of people percentage-wise who – left this year compared to the year before, and that's been cut about 50%. Uh, so that's a very encouraging uh, issue. Secondly, the recruiting. So you should be able to be driving around town and seeing some incredibly beautiful uh, billboards, and they are fantastic. And then you should be seeing some television commercials about recruiting. So there's a full-court press on recruiting. And just this morning, we just uh, started a brand new class of 18 cadets. So as you know, we wanted to build a pipeline uh, through with our youth in our city to um, run them through the pipeline, cadet program being one of them, uh, that hopefully will lead them into being full-time police officers for us. So there you go on the recruiting issue. Yeah, I mean, those are very in, encouraging numbers. You said that your goal um, was to add 200. Uh, if you would, describe for the listening audience what that actually means. Let's say you achieve your goal, the difference between, yeah. I guess, the 908 to the 1108, and, and, and how that works yeah. from an operational standpoint and the importance of same. Well, as a sheriff uh, yourself, you really understand that in the arena of law enforcement to onboard, to bring into the police department, let's say even one person that we hire to put into the academy, that one person, we probably looked at 100 candidates to get right. to that one. So understanding strategy, you have to think about it, if you want to hire 200 officers, just do the math. Uh, so that means thousands of applicants need to come to the table that we can process to say, here's the, here's the chosen. So the name of the game is to be sure your application pool is larger than what we have been accustomed to. And so that's what it means uh, for a, a person who's listening, who doesn't quite um, have a history of understanding. We have to go through quite a few processes. In the end, though, if you succeed and you, let's say, over the next uh, 24, 36 months, you're able to hire or even shorter. Um, I'm not sure what your timeline is to hire the 200. 
from an operational standpoint of the NOPD and the services that they provide to the citizens of the city, how important is that to them? In, in, in other words, what would the citizen expect if they had 200 more police on the street? Sure. That uh, Again, excellent question, Sheriff. So a citizen should expect quicker response to when they call 911. Because we have fewer officers actually in the street answering the volume of calls for service, uh, it, it, you know, again, it's kind of a triage situation. So by having more officers available to take on calls for 911, we actually can therefore get there quicker. I mean, it's just things like that. Also, simple presence. Hopefully you will see that officer driving around in your district and things like that. And presence matters uh, because it's a deterrence type of thing. So those would be very uh, fungible fruit on the tree. Yeah, very overt as well. You mentioned response yeah. time. There's been a change in leadership at the 911 center. Um, I know that you know the importance of it. I I understood that as well when I was a sheriff. Actually, we took over management of 911 because we were handling about 99% yeah. of the calls that come out of there anyway. Um, and uh, this new leadership, in my view, seems to have really taken on a lot of different initiatives and have been very successful. How important is that to you to see these advances made in, in the 911 center? Oh, well, it's not only important to me in running an organization, but all the way down to that officer in that patrol car getting that call yes. over that radio. So, first of all, uh, I congratulate Carl Fassold. Uh, the board uh, nominated or made a decision this week to make him permanent. My observations of him as a leader is that he is he's very open to what do we need to do to make things happen and make changes. Uh, he's action oriented. Uh, he's supportive of his team. All of those things are what make for a very good leader. But all of the other public safety partners, like the fire chief, the EMS, and ourselves, uh, he's very much a Ben. Hey, I'm here, and what what can we do collectively to make the changes that are necessary? He's making some significant changes, even right now as we speak. Is it refreshing for you? I know it would be for me when you have a leader that actually understands the technology, understands the you know what what it can do <laughs> yeah. and what it cannot do, without some improvement, so yeah. you gain a better understanding of what your expectations may be, right? Correct. Because having a uh, knowing the questions to ask regarding an organizational change, should we make this change? Should we not? Uh, any good leader with experience will know the questions to ask uh, so that you don't make changes unnecessary or which is destabilizing or you're not uh, making changes that are moving you in the direction that you want to go. You can make a change, but if it doesn't get you where you want to go, then it's uh, uh, futile. And so uh, that's why experience in so many ways matters. You learn the questions to ask. 
Yeah. And I got to imagine that in New Orleans, it wasn't much different than the experience in Jefferson Parish. The NOPD is is handling the lion's share of activity that that comes through the 911 system, right? Well, exactly. But that's also a function of population as well. Although Jefferson Parish is pretty big in its own population, uh, but the call for service load, uh, to be Tell you the truth, I know the population difference, and Jefferson Parish is a larger population, is my understanding, or maybe close to our population. I know our call for service load. I do not know theirs. Yeah. Well, they, they've always been very similar. I mean, you know, we would typically have more, but it, it all depends, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. In the neighborhood, how much they embrace law enforcement agency, whether there's any reluctance. But I, I just use that as an indication of how important this is of this new leadership, yeah. Uh, because a lot of your being able to your reduce your response time, which I think a lot of people would be very excited about. They were always excited when we posted our response times that we were able to improve yeah. upon them. Nine one one is key, because yeah. <laughs> you know, it all starts there. Chief, um, absolutely, and it. it yeah, it even starts at the t- at how the person answers the call because the person who answers sure. the call is not the person dispatching, and so Absolutely. efficiencies matter even in there. Absolutely, Chief. Um, I was been reading a series of articles uh, across the country in almost every major urban center um, in in the country, and I'm sure you have as well. Juvenile crime has been a real issue, and juvenile crime or uh, <laughs> Juvenile uh, criminal justice systems have been taxed to the max. A lot of folks are, right. are trying some really exotic things to try and manage it. Um, some going back to some of the basics of juvenile truancy programs being a lot proactive, yeah. a lot more proactive, because the truancy that right. we uh, percentages we're finding in, in the urban areas, the numbers are crazy. I've never seen any thing as high as what we're experiencing right now the pandemic had something to do with it and contribute to it what are your thoughts about trying to embark upon a real proactive truancy program you know that's a great uh uh, question as well sheriff so i have since i've been here now met with a lot of different groups Uh, I do know, I think it was the NOLA coalition that I met with, and I had about 100 people in the audience. They primarily were uh, um, nonprofit organizations with a focus on the youth issues, how to divert them. Uh, A truancy uh, in some parts of the country, you can't enforce truancy. But I think the main thing is getting services, wraparound services to these kids who are not in school. They shouldn't be roaming the streets. But what services can we connect these uh, 501Cs, these nonprofits, with wraparound services? How do we get them down into the street where the kid is walking around? And how do we do the intervention versus uh, rounding the kids up and putting them into a truancy school program. I think there's a balance in both. I don't think you throw out either side. I think we need to get to the middle in dealing with an enforcement arm, but primarily a wraparound services arm. That's what I'd like to see. 
No, I, I agree. I'm not suggesting that this should be a law enforcement-related activity. In fact, I much prefer yeah. it to be a school system-related activity and then yeah. only uh, law enforcement having to deal with the most problematic child that's out there, you know, in the aftermath. Yeah, you uh, and I, yeah. You, know, it, you and I are like-minded about that mindset, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and it, it's curious because we just don't see, and I've, I've talked to some of the same folks with the NOLA Coalition of, of the importance of it. We used to have a problem in JP, and uh, we, yeah. we embarked on, on a program that was run through the school system and gave them the tools necessary, and if they needed our assistance, we were there. Um, and it was very successful. Hey, I, hey Sheriff. Yes. So, Sheriff, uh, will you, you got my contact. Will you send me that program? Sure, absolutely. Send me the program <laughs> you're referencing. Do. You have <laughs> the program. Uh, send it to me. I, I will do that. I know you're very busy. You only had a few minutes to spend with us. I, we truly appreciate the time that you've spent with us today and look forward to getting you back on the show again, Chief. Hey, I'd like that very much, Sheriff. And appreciate the time to, to reach your audience. And I look forward to our next time together, Sheriff. Thank you so much. And if I if it's not before the holidays, have a great holiday season. Same to you. Bye-bye. Okay, that's Chief uh, Ann Kirkpatrick with the NOPD. We will be right back, folks. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I want to thank uh, Chief Ann Kirkpatrick for joining us uh, this afternoon. I know she's very busy, and we appreciate the same. Got a text here. I was on probation in 1968, got busted for truancy, and spent five months and two weeks at LTI in Monroe. What happened to that? 
Well, what happens to that is that we don't have the assets or resources to be that intrusive as it relates to truancy. What we did in Jefferson Parish many, many years ago, uh, this is not a recent happenstance. It was quite a long time ago when we began to recognize a juvenile trend that was very troubling in our community. And we were experiencing a lot of daytime thefts, auto thefts, daytime uh, residence burglaries, and the like that were being committed by juveniles. And we were kind of knocking them off one after, after another, but they, they weren't going away. So we realized that we had to take another approach. And we sat down with the school system, and we created what was called the Juvenile Truancy Assessment Center task. And what it was was a group of laypersons, not law enforcement people, that set up uh, open communication with each and every school, uh, making sure that they all had the appropriate contact data for students, parents, and the like. And if the student didn't show up in school by a certain period of time and there was no notification given by parents or otherwise, a call was made to the, to the Truancy Assessment Center. The Assessment Center would begin uh, making a, uh, proactive phone calls, trying to get a hold of mother, father, grandmother, caretaker, whoever it may be. And if without success, they would, they would cause a visit to the house to see if anybody was home. If there was nobody home uh, at that point in time, uh, they would then try to contact the parent's place of work. And if they weren't able to do that, they would notify the sheriff's office and then we would start to look for uh, this child. If we happened to come across the child, that individual would be taken to uh, the juvenile detention center. Uh, we would hold them there till we were able to contact them with the parent to get the parents. And then there would be consultation that would be had with the parents about what's the story, were you aware that they didn't show up in school, why, what's happening, this, that, and there were sanctions that were imposed for the student, whether it be in-school suspension was the preferred way uh, to go to make sure that, you know, that individual had wasted our time, we were going to make sure that we were wasting his time or her time. Uh, and we, it fast it grew and people realized that we were all over it. And the truancy rate dropped substantially because we were very intrusive, not violating anything under FERPA, the Federal Education Right to Privacy Act. We had to work through that. It took us months to get to where we were to share all of this data, uh, to make sure that we knew where the contact was and everything else in order to make sure and ensure that these kids were showing up at school and not walking around because an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And we reduced vehicle burglaries, residential burglaries, vehicle thefts, bike, bicycle thefts, shoplifting, and alike as a result of just being intrusive. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Well, I think we're maybe having technical difficulties in um, hooking up with Scoot, and I'm trying. Do you have him? All right, never mind. Well, Scoot's headed your way. I'm sure he's going to have a great lineup for you uh, coming up on this uh, Thursday, and tomorrow being the last day of the week. And remember that uh, tomorrow we will be announcing the results
of the Radiothon with um, Children's Hospital. We've had a number of days of activities going on. Look forward to that. We'll visit with the CEO of um, of, uh, Children's Hospital as well as Jessica Brandt from the uh, Ray and Jessica Brandt Foundation that sponsored uh, the Radiothon. So looking forward to that. We'll do that in the 12 o'clock hour. And you know what else? On Monday, I'll be broadcasting live from the Natchez as we go up and down the river. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.